All right, Venue Church, I'm so glad to be back with you on your screen. I'll explain later. Um, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us online this morning. I'm starting a brand new series called Safety Versus Security. The way that I'm going to preach it and the way the Holy Ghost showed me to preach it to you is that there's a difference between our concept of Canadian safety and the security of heaven. And you're going to love this. Um, also, I just need to tell you, me and my best friends are going to be at First Wednesday this Wednesday at 7 o'clock right here and uh, at venue in, in Airdrie. And listen, this is like a straight up worship time, prophetic ministry time. Um, a teaching moment and a prayer time. And I'm telling you what, listen, if you want to come and not work as hard for the next month and trying to figure out your life and figure out your emotions and figure out your kids, why don't you come and have God be like, hey, why don't you do this with your husband and it'll probably work because God is on the throne. And I'll tell you what, if you've never been to one of these things, anybody who's been knows like, oh my goodness, what we hear and what the Holy Spirit does here, we can't do it anywhere else and we can't. Sunday mornings look a certain way and they're great and I love Sunday mornings, but Wednesday, uh, first Wednesdays are where it's at and I want you to come out. Hey, the basis of this sermon is this idea. Are you ready here? Um, building a wall, this whole sermon blew my mind because the Holy Spirit, as he preaches it to me, I just, I just can't get over how brilliant he is in knowing my problems. Because I'm so unique and special and the Holy Spirit doesn't even know, you know. But it turns out that he does because there's a million people just like me. Building a wall to keep fear out isn't the same thing. You ready? As King David said in the scriptures, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And what you and I have fallen for during this pandemic time, during this past six months, and I want you to stop falling for this trick, is that you can build a wall and then that's safety. Here's what I want to say. There are things outside of the wall that are stronger than you are. David says this. He says, uh, he says, yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what we do is we build a wall around our hearts. Have you ever been hurt in a relationship? And then the next relationship, you just build a wall around your heart. Well, that doesn't work. And, and, and you have uh, issues with your teenager and you, to protect yourself, you build a wall around your heart. Somebody hurts you, you hurt somebody, you start building walls. The devil says, build a wall and you'll be safe. David says, no, actually, you have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death first. The devil wants you to, to disengage from this and to spend all your time building walls around your heart and around your life. And, and David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, then he says this, I will fear no evil. And you think to yourself, well, wait, wait, wait. I'm afraid of evil, so I'm gonna build a wall. And David's like, you can't deal with a wall like that. You can't deal with fear like like that by building a wall. You can only deal with fear. Get this, get this. The only way to deal with fear is to walk into fear. Because then he ends it with this. For you, God, are with me. For you are with me. Break that down. What's he saying? For you are with me when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I decide I will fear no evil for you are with me. Where's God not? Behind the wall that you build. You can't ever deal with fear as long as you're sitting behind the wall. And I want to say that to you today. A wall feels safe. Canadians, in this time, you've built walls around yourself. You've built walls around your home. You and I, we built walls of hand sanitizer around ourselves here, but that's not what makes you safe, Canadians. A wall feels safe until it becomes a siege. Today's sermon is called Siege 
mentality. Safety versus security, there's a difference. The safety the earth offers you and the safety and the security God offers you, there's a difference. And a wall feels safe until it becomes a siege. Listen, security is God's protection in the fight. Security is God's protection in the fight. You cannot and I cannot deal with fear inside a wall that fear built. Thanks, Sean. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're responding on video. You can't deal with fear inside the wall that fear built. You know, Canadians are, are uh, we, uh, we share something in common. A large percentage of our population are rule followers. Are you kind of a rule follower? Are you a rule follower out there? My, my wife is right there and she is a rule follower. I am more of a rule unfollower. <laughs> my wife is a rule follower. So, so here's what I'm not good at. I am terrible at the game of Wheel of Fortune. Now, life hack, the Copes watch Wheel of Fortune way too much. I don't know why we watch Wheel of Fortune, but listen. <laughs> Pastor Aaron gets 99 out of 100 of those right. My kids get some of those right in the 99 that Aaron gets right. And I get one out of 100 because I'm sometimes lucky. Here's how I do this. You know why she's good at it? Because she does this little thing that I have never done one time in doing this. I have never actually looked at the clue before the puzzle is solved. So you can imagine there's three words and the letters keep coming up and there's... There's infinite possibilities in my mind because I don't follow the rules. Don't tell me that I have to look at a clue to solve the puzzle. I can do this. What am I? I'm a big baby. My junior high girl. I can do this. And that's why I never actually, I don't read the instructions for things. My wife reads the instructions for things. I get something back from Ikea. I start in on step one and step one B with a subsection and I'm out. I'm like, this is not that hard. There's screws. Let's go. And then, and then I get frustrated. I have to go out for a walk to cool off and Pastor Aaron puts it together because she reads the instructions. I do not have time for things like asking for directions. I'm making great time. Don't tell me where I'm going. There are rule followers. If, if rules are your jam and they are, and I'm glad because nothing actually happens without rule followers and that's great. But if rules are your jam, this time has landed on you in a very hard time because there are so many rules and then the rules keep changing. We don't know what to do. And I talk to rule followers all the time. I'm dealing with my wife sometimes and she's just like, I'm, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, this rule and that rule and this thing changed. And the science came back and said that wasn't even a thing, but they made a law about it. COVID fans. And, and, and we just keep like rules. And, and, and you know what the most stressful places in the world are for Pastor Aaron are libraries and airports. I don't know. What happened to her as a child that a plane crashed into a library which she was in and freaked her out, but she cannot. Have you ever seen librarians? You know what? Librarians are not the biggest, toughest people, man. If you go into a gym and it's all CrossFit guys, I would be afraid to obey the rules and keep my dang mouth shut. I'm in a library. Y'all bookworms, you're not lifting a lot. I'm not afraid in a library. I just do whatever I want because what are they going to do? They're all wearing glasses. They're going to throw books at me. What are they going to do? Oh my goodness, the books are late at the library. Oh my goodness, does anybody have a nickel? I got a nickel, I'm good. I'll return the books when I want to return the books. But airports freak Pastor Aaron out. I mean, there's so many rules and she, we don't, she doesn't work at an airport. So we go there when we fly places and, and if she walks down the wrong, I'm like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Are they going to throw you in airport jail and beat you up? If you're standing in the line and there's water in your water jug, they'll tell you to pour it out. It's not... 
There's so many rules in this. There's so many rules. Are you a rule kind of a person? I, I was like a born leader kind of person. And I got to be honest that most born leaders, like, uh, we take a lot more parenting. <laughs> we demand your discipline, mom and dad. We, we, we love you, but we're going to push every boundary all the time. My wife is just like, oh, just tell me what to do. I'm like, just... So, so here's, here's what I, leaders and born leaders, if you're a leadership type of person, uh, born leaders, man, we like to break the rules. That's what God made us to do. Like, let's break the rules. Let's change the rules. Let's change the game. That's what I like to do. I like to break the rules. So, so here's some rules about COVID that, that, that stress me out. Talking moistly might spread COVID. Really? What does that mean? Nobody even knew what that meant until they told us that talking moistly might spread COVID. <laughs> Am I right? If you tell somebody like me not to talk moistly, that's the only thing I can think about. That's the only thing I'm gonna do is talk moistly. I'm never gonna talk not, not moistly anymore. Singing spreads COVID. Oh my goodness, does it really, Alberta? Does it really? Well, it might. It might. See, rule followers, if you're a rule follower, this has landed on you in a very hard time. And I'm making a little bit of fun here, but it's landed on you in a very hard time because there are rules of earth and then there are rules of heaven. So let's talk about this because the rules of earth promise something, but the rules of heaven promise something else and can deliver. So the rules of earth are based in a finite system. So, so there's only so much money. There's only so many respirators. There's so many, only so many ICU units. There's only so many, there's only so many, there's only so many. I just checked on my phone as I'm recording this right now, and, and they're, they're, I think we're using a grand total of five ICU beds, and I believe back in March that there were 700 plus in Alberta. But there's only so many, right? And we're gonna have 800,000 or a million cases of COVID. There's only so many beds. There's only so many respirators. There's only so many hospital beds. There's 44 hospital beds, as I understand, I'm looking at the Alberta app, and I'm 44 beds being used, and we have, luckily we have 20,000 plus in Alberta. But there's this thing that's panicking us, even, even though people are getting this under control. And but, but look, I'm not health. I'm not government. I'm, not all the, I'm a pastor. I want to talk about the health and safety of your soul. But the world promises safety based out of finite reasons. Now listen, rules build a wall around you and walls make you feel safe. There's nothing wrong with rules and there's nothing wrong with walls, but let's look at the rules that we surround ourselves with to give us safety or the illusion of it. You can't deal with fear inside a wall that fear built. Come on, let me preach this, everybody. Here are the rules of earth. Here's what they're based on. You ready? Fear, survival, keeping what you have without losing it, right? Comfort. Here is the biggest rule in, in the rules of earth. If you follow these things here, you won't die. That's the biggest thing. Now, if I'm a, a, not a Christ follower, dying would be the worst thing that could happen to me. Here, here's the difference in following the rules of heaven. The day you die will be the best day of your life, will be the first day of your real life. That's the difference in the rules of heaven. Okay, here, here are the rules of earth. You have to control every circumstance, Fear and anger and control. Triplets. 
you have to control every, you have to foresee everything. But when something happens that you can't foresee, let's make more rules and let's make them based in these things so that we respond like this so that nothing bad happens. Here is what the rules of earth try to do. Look, you're, we don't want to look at what's over the wall, so build the wall higher. I'm afraid of what's out there, so I don't want to look at it, so build the wall higher. I'm afraid that if I drive my car out there, that I could get hurt, so build the wall higher. I could say so much about this. I'm going to land in all sorts of trouble. Listen, the rules of earth attempt to keep bad things out. That's all that they can promise to do. There's only so much forgiveness, pastor. You don't understand. I've been hurt. There's only so much forgiveness that I can give. Well, that's true. As a human, you only, your gas tank is only so big. The province is only so big. Alberta Health, the hospitals are only so big. Based on the rules of earth, it is limited. It is finite. Everything has to do with fear, keeping what you have, and not dying. The rules of earth keep out the dark and make you safe when they can. And there's nothing wrong with them. There's good rules. Don't just run across the street chasing a ball. There's good rules that make sense. But the best they can do, the rules of earth, based in the powers of earth, the best they can do is keep out the dark and make you feel safe when they can. The rules of heaven, now let's talk about this, bring security and blessing because it can. The God of the heavens has infinite power and resource. Let me put it to you like this. Okay, you're doing your own finances, and you might be a disciplined budgeter, and God's like, hey, give me a tenth of what you earn, and I'll make sure that the 90 goes further. And you're like, that's not how it works. And God's like, I have all the money in the world. I give it to whom I please. I can do that. And you're like, it makes no sense. You have to trade the rules of one for the rules of the other because the other can bless you because it can. And, and you're like, but God, if I give the tithe, but, but I'm going to spend all this time praying about my marriage, come on, and praying about my children. And God's like, if you would give your tithe, I would help you in those other things. And the rules of earth says, that doesn't make any sense. And God's like, it makes perfect sense because I can do anything that I want. You're, you're dealing with an equation based on logic that is based in extremely finite issues here, but the rules of heaven are much bigger. You come to church and you're like, I've been hurt so much. I've hurt people. I've sinned so much. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm like, I don't have to understand because I've seen the one who can take all of it. He, he is, his shoulders are big enough for all of it. All your hurt, all your pain, all your sin, he is big enough for all of it. Now, now listen, listen, rules of earth. There is a devil out there. And it says that the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he does have power. But can I, can I preach a little bit, guys? Listen. Listen, there has never been a conflict between God and the devil. It, 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 it's between God's servants and the devil. There has never been a, you, we sing the song, you have no rival. There's a reason that God is capital G-O-D. And the devil is God G-O-D, little, nothing, loses. The only fight is between the devil and God's people. And there's no actual war between God and the enemy because there's no battlefield that could fit God. The battlefield is in you and in your heart and in your mind. There is a devil. Security is this idea that God is greater. And that's a huge, huge difference. Rules of heaven bring security and blessing because they can, because God is greater. Now, now. Safety is removing all the bad things. Our family was recently on a beach. So I want to go and walk on the beach with bare feet. So, so if I want to be completely safe according to how the world thinks about it, I have to take all risk out of that. So, but in the beach, there's some like sharp seashells, right? 
and sharp pieces of wood. So, so somebody needs to pay somebody to go and remove all of those things so that I don't have any risk and, and all the bad things are out so that I don't hurt my feet. Right? If you can just remove all the bad things or at least build a wall tall enough so you don't even see the bad things, you don't have to deal with the bad things, you don't have to deal with the fear. Security is this very different idea. Security is the armed guard at the gate. The armed guard who has a gun bigger than anybody coming against you. Yeah, yeah, there's a devil out there, absolutely. Watch the news. But God is greater. God in you, son of God. God in you, daughter of God. You've given your life to Jesus. God is greater. He's always got bigger guns. He's always got... But listen, you have to get over this idea of comfort and safety because we want to be removed from threat. But this is where you have to do something different. Look, child of God, you have to come. If you are far from God, it's your first time in church. You have to come at some point and make a deal with the armed guard at the gate. But you have to understand that that armed guard is more dangerous than you could possibly imagine. But if you make a deal and give your life to Jesus, he's only dangerous to the devil. And all that dangerousness is on your side now. And then you can look the devil over the fence and be just like, hey, man. You coming through this gate, Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit of God is here. And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. See, the devil's main objective in your life is to get you to stop fighting. If you build a wall around yourself to try to maintain, to try to be safe in the earthly sense of things, the devil has already won because it becomes a siege. All he needs is time because your resources are limited. You know, that's what happens in a siege, right? Like, like the food supply runs out. They, 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 they block the river coming into the city and your water runs out. Next week, I'm going to be preaching about the nastiest siege that you have ever heard. If you think that you have problems in your life, you have no idea. And I'm preaching about the prophet Elisha today in the first siege. But there's a second siege next week I'm going to preach about when everything gets cut off. See, sooner or later, the devil will win in your life if you build a wall and try to keep safe like that. But God never promised safety there. God promised, safe, God promised protection and security in the fight. And you'll never find your destiny behind a wall that fear built. If you keep fighting, you win. You're not going to win every battle, but if you keep fighting, in the end, you win. Just read the book of Revelations. That helps me out. But you can't deal with fear until you leave the siege. Listen, this is the idea of security. Security is wherever God is. David knew this. I will fear no evil for you are with me, but you're not with me behind a wall that I built. David was in fear of his life so many times, I think he would have lost count. I don't think, I, I know a lot of people in Canada, I don't know anybody who's had it as rough as King David had. And if he can say that based on his fear levels, which were up here, a very real danger, killing his kids, his, come on. If he can deal with it and that's what he found, do you want to sit there and try your entire life dealing with smaller levels of fear until you arrive at the same conclusion that God is greater? And this is what security looks like, is I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because you are with me. That's different. Fear will always have a hold on you if it builds a wall around you. It will always have a hold on you. Listen, whoever stays behind the wall in the siege eventually loses. Can I say this? Whoever stays home from church eventually loses. Come on. I am a pastor's kid. I know, look, you can, you can not come to church because you need to feel safe, but maybe what you need is security because God is wherever God says he is and God is in the fight. And there's more important things. I'm going to get in all sorts of trouble. Listen, you don't come to church for a little while. The devil will leave you alone for about three weeks. And then he'll leave you alone and you'll be like, hey, I don't really need this anymore. You know, you stop giving, you stop serving. You're like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. 
and just give it about three weeks, four weeks, by six weeks, I've never seen anybody last longer than that. The devil comes because he's just mean like a snake and he can't help himself. And he comes and you're unprotected because you're not where God is anymore. And I think, Christ follower, that we need to come. To, Paul, the apostle, says, do not uh, forsake the assembling together of the righteous. And you're like, but Paul never had a pandemic to deal with. And Paul's like, but you never had martyrdom to deal with. And I don't want to look those, those initial believers, those first church believers. I won't be able to look them in the eye if I let fear come and take hold of my heart. Because, look, there's the fear of the Lord and then there's the fear of everything else. Can I tell you this? The fear of the Lord is the only way to live. It is the beginning of wisdom. Folly begins when you're afraid of everything else. And listen, listen. Can I talk about sin? It's sin to fear anything except the Lord. It's sin. Now, you need, to, you need to be afraid of the Lord when you sin, but it's sin to fear what men think about you, what women think about you. It's unless God is with them and God is working through that, it is a sin to be afraid of sickness. It is sin because greater is he who is in you, Christ follower. Now, if you're not a church person, you're not a God person, man. Like, yeah, there's a lot to be afraid of out there. But what I want to do is remove that barrier of fear for you and say, look, in Christ, Jesus can do anything. 2 Kings chapter 6, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, man, this thing has been a war in your life and in my life, says he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our, am I talking moistly? He will, <laughs> I got totally lost. We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, do you remember Elisha was, was Elijah's apprentice? Immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. How would he know? If you're not a church person, the Holy Spirit would just whisper something in him and he would know. We have lost, I think, much of the prophetic voice that we used to have. Can I be honest? We've lost much of the prophetic voice. And that prophetic voice is the only thing that matters. Because the devil, if the devil is in control of the cameras that you're watching... See, the prophetic voice can show you where you're going and where the enemy is weak and susceptible. And all you need is one camera, and that's the prophetic voice of the Holy Spirit of God. You do not need to watch all the news that we're watching, all the social media, and all the enemy at the gate. That's all that we're seeing constantly, constantly, constantly. We're giving into a spirit from the devil of fear. It says, do not go near that place. So the king of Israel would send word to that place indicated by the man of God. Who would like to be that guy? Like, hey, go check that out. Was that a trap? Yeah, I just about got out. You know, like, who would like to be that guy? Like, go make sure that that was a trap. I don't want to go out there and make sure that that was a trap. We're just going to assume that that was a trap. It says, uh, he, he went there time and again. Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. Now, here, can I just give you a little spiritual concept that I think our forefathers understood much better than we do. And we got to come back to this immediately. Come on, church. There, there's this separation of church and state mentality. So here what we find is the king, the king of Israel, his life depended on the prophet of God. So, so separation of church and state. Whenever I hear this, I never hear this from the church. I hear this from the state. Can I say this? Because the state has a God complex and wants to be the church. Think about it. Think about it. The state wants to speak and wants the laws of the state to be the same thing as the laws of heaven. But they're not. So the laws of the state, let me say this. Okay, the laws of the state are in Airdrie for some insane reason. The speed limit is 30 kilometers an hour. So, so if I go 31 kilometers an hour, the state tells me that I'm breaking its law. But is that the same thing as sinning against God? Well, no. Going 310? Yeah, we can talk about that. Maybe that's a sin. It's not the same thing until it aligns with the rules of heaven. You shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery. Yes, then it becomes a sin 
to disobey the law of the state. But what happens when the state starts telling people that Christianity is illegal? What happens when the state starts putting people in prison camps and starts putting Jews in gas chambers? What then? The state is not God, it can never be. And when we hear the separation of church and state, what we really are hearing is like, we want to be obeyed and we don't want to parent our kids, so we're just gonna tell them that everything is evil. Well, some things are not evil, but you just shouldn't do them because it's not smart. So the laws of state have more to do with wisdom than morality. And we have to be very careful because in Canada, we have slipped into this idea that the government provides morality. The government gets voted in. That's all I'm going to say. I'll tell you whatever. Scott, I'll tell you, you can do anything you want to if you vote me into power next time. That's why you can't vote me out of the church, by the way. I have a director's board that can, but it's not because they don't like the sermon that I preached. There's reasons why I can get kicked out. But listen, Egypt's pharaoh they thought was the incarnation of the sun god Ra. That's why he had to come down. Because Pharaoh's word was law, and it was not just law, it was the morality of their heaven that they were speaking of. And when he said, no, you can't leave to the children of Israel, what he was saying was, I am greater than your God. The state can never be God. Separation of church and state. Yeah, when the church is incredibly corrupt and is telling people, makes a deal with the devil, and yeah, I get it. I, my... I have Irish in my blood. I get it. Protestants, Catholic, I get it. I get it. But this, what we're dealing with in Canada is a very different thing here. Now, what we need is the prophetic voice of God in our government again. What we need is it in our, in our nation again. Because if we find that, then we'll get to where we're going. All right. Back to track. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? This is me. Like, whenever anything goes wrong with production, I'm just like, you! What'd you do? And they're like, I don't even work here. Um... <laughs> He's just looking for somebody to blame. Which of you is the traitor? Who's been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Okay, this king did not have covenant eyes installed on his devices, y'all. I feel like you should have laughed harder. I thought that was very funny. He's like, oh, yikes. And the king says, go and find out where he is, man. <laughs> like, he can't be doing this. Uh, so I, I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is in Dothan. So one night, the king of Arab, one night, get this, sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God, so the servant of the man of God is getting up to serve the prophet. He, he, he got up early the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And he freaks out. Who freaked out with the pandemic? I mean, freaked out. He lost his Holy Ghost, right? He just freaked out. He said, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. Listen to that. Don't be afraid. There's reason to be afraid, but don't you be afraid. Why? For there are more on our side than on theirs. Did you know that the blood dripping off of the cross is greater than any pandemic or any sickness that has ever walked the earth? The blood of Christ, by his stripes, we are healed. You might not get the healing in this life, but there, in the next life, you follow Jesus Christ, there is no sickness, there is no crying, there is no pain, there is no, it's only joy in the presence of the Holy Ghost. For there are more on our side than theirs. And Elisha prayed, and this is what I pray for you today. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. See, he's looking at the wrong camera. God, open his eyes and let him see. He looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Now, that's one thing the devil doesn't have. Horses and chariots of fire. 
It says in the Bible, if I get the number right, that one angel went out one time to when an enemy had encamped against Israel and killed one angel, killed 185,000 soldiers. One. Yikes. That's who's on your team. That's who's on our team. The battle is for the souls of your neighbors. And it's a battle that you and I need to fight right now. As the Aramean army advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. When you remove the voice of Elisha, when you remove the voice of the church from politics and morality, man, the enemy will always be able to see more of you than you see of the enemy. But, but there is this powerful thing here that Elisha says, strike them blind, and God does. Then Elisha went out. Now he goes outside of the wall. Catch this. Your destiny, Christ follower, is outside of the wall that you've built. It is outside of the wall that the government is trying to build to keep you safe. It is outside of the wall that Alberta Health and God bless them. It's outside of any wall that they can create because they just can't create power in the fight. And God can create power out in the fight, in the battle where we ought to be. He went outside the wall. Oh, this is not, he's not risk adverse. He's not trying to remove all bad things. He's going out in the middle of it now. And told them, this is what Elisha was like a born leader. Are you ready? You've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. All <laughs> oh, y'all, I know some of you guys, you're just rule followers. You, there's this little angel on your shoulder that's like, just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. And Elisha's like, well, it's kind of the truth. You came to the wrong city, devil. You came to the wrong family and tried to break up the wrong marriage. This is not what you want to do. You chased us up against the wrong sea. This is the Red Sea, Pharaoh. You came to the wrong Christ follower. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I'll take you to the man you're looking for. And he marched him right into the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria when the king of Israel, now you're gonna see what this guy is really like because I believe that this siege was the, the opportunity that God has given you and I and our nation and our government to repent. And this siege is not as nearly as bad as the next siege that I'm gonna preach next week. This man is not somebody who's taking his moral cues from Elisha the prophet and the Holy Spirit of God that spoke through him. When he saw them, he shouted to Elisha, this is like all caps. My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? And then in the next chapter, you're going to see that he actually sends somebody to kill Elisha because he blames Elisha and he blames God for the siege. You can't blame God for the pandemic, everybody. God created a garden of Eden and we gave it over to the devil and ate an apple and decided that we were going to experience sin ourselves and sin broke the world. And you and I can't be angry at God for creating paradise when we turned it into into a graveyard. God is still at work, but he's only at work through the people that would give him parts of the world. That's how it works. Should I kill them? He says, of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? This is where I want you to have a little bit of mercy for, for people who are not responding the same way that you are. He says, give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. He's saying, look, they're just people like you and they're just scared. Sometimes I get, I get a little bit frustrated I get a little bit frustrated with people because because people when they don't know the lord their god or are giving ear to the wrong voices people hurt themselves and people hurt their families and, and people judge their pastors you know what people are, we're just sheep 
I, I just need to remember that sometimes. And sheep get scared and sheep get confused. And I get that way myself. And it says, so the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. I just want to end on this one note. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the word of God says. But the fear of everything else is a sin. And I think that we have to quit calling sin anything but sin and quit thinking that some of the other things are sin and they're not. And I just want to release you from the pressure of that. There are the rules of heaven and transgressing them are sin. And, and you feel bad for one reason, to repent and turn and go the other way. But then there's this other thing that the devil wants to bring your way and that's called condemnation. See, the fear of COVID-19 is the beginning of a siege. And I don't want you in, our, in your homes and in your neighborhoods and in our city and in our nation, I don't want you to give in to the fear of COVID-19 because that's the beginning of a siege, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the fear of COVID-19 is the beginning of folly. And there is no power like the power of the Lord our God. I, I wanna share with you, there, there's a song that we sing called Rattle. And I, I spend too much time on stage with Rattle because I just can't help myself. There's a line in there and sa that says, just ask the man who is thrown on the bones of Elisha if there's anything that God can't do. And there's a story that we find six or seven chapters later that, that this king of Israel didn't repent in the time that he had that we see in the next couple of chapters. And time goes on and Elisha still preaches the word of God faithfully. And then Elisha dies and, and he's thrown in a grave and, and he's buried. And it says... It says in the scriptures that, that some Israelite men, one of their buddies had died and they were trying to bury him, but they saw a band of raiders. Now, now the, the band of raiders, the Aramean raiders were what laid siege to the, to the city in the first place. And there's this fear that's the band of raiders right now, this fear that's coming over your life. It's a spirit of fear from the devil to make you afraid when you shouldn't be afraid of anything but the Lord your God. And, and a band of raiders started coming and they just take this guy, they're in such a hurry that they, they kind of desecrate his body and throw him onto the, into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as his body hits the bones of Elisha the prophet, he stands on his feet and he walks out. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha if there's anything that God can't do. And, and what I want you to do today is I want you to trade the fear of everything else for the fear of the Lord. I want you to trade the fear of everything else for respect and awe for the Lord your God. I want you to trade one thing for the other thing. See, it's not enough to take an idol out of your life and fear can be an idol because it brings energy and it brings anger and outrage brings anger. And it can be an idol, but you can't just take an idol out. You have to replace an idol with the living God with a capital G. Let me pray for you, Heavenly Father. I pray for every person here. We repent of giving place to the spirit of fear over COVID-19, over the flu. This is not a face-eating zombie virus, Father, and we've treated it like that. And, and we've been afraid of death, even Christ followers. And I think being afraid of death for a Christ follower is something we have to wrestle with, but might also be sin and, and disbelief in the name of the Lord our God and the resurrection that you have called us to. And we repent as, as a people and we say we're sorry, Father. We'll never again forsake the sampling together of, of, of the believers, Lord God, to glorify the name of God, bring protection back to our neighborhoods and our people. We pray that you would rebuke the spirit of fear over our city and over the lives of parents and, and children. I pray that you would rebuke the spirit of fear over the lives of every person watching and listening today and every person here. In Jesus' name.
Amen.